Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Welcome back. To the big fight preview. I'm your host, John, joined by Johnston for a huge, huge card this coming weekend in Texas, San Antonio, Texas, at the Techport Arena, headlined by Jesse Rodriguez Franco versus Vizgali Wanganek. I can never get his name right. I just call him Rungvasai. I'm sure that was a, a really bad butchering of his name. And I mean, I just know him as Rungfazai. I've always called him Rungfazai. I'm, I'm excited for, for this particular fight. But as I said, it's a huge card. There are some absolutely brilliant fights on this card that we're going to talk about and go into a bit more detail into for this episode because it is probably for me, I'm going to say this straight off the bat, this on paper is the best card I have seen so far this year. I'm with you. Uh, honestly, uh, there's some close fights and there's some really terrific fights and being boxing fans as we are, um, you know the the Rodriguez Rangasai fight is is absolutely superb fight, one of the best fights I think uh, potentially. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing that Akmadaev, Rios, uh, Cesar Martinez, and Ariel. We see that first fight. That first fight was a, a an excellent one, um, but you know I think Ariel backed out a little bit early. But that's going to be a good one. Uh, McCaskill on the bill, uh, Mark Castro. Uh, the guy you spoke about before, Sean. Um, Jesus Martinez, that's the uh, Kalzaghi and um, Barker boy. He's on there as well, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, some some, some good up-and-comers and some really close competitive fights. 
Yeah, there is. In the UK, there are fights on. There are quite a few small hall shows on, but the main fights of the weekend in the UK take place at the Sky Dome in Coventry. Sam Eggington fighting for the W, fighting for the IBO World Super Welterweight title, a chance to have a version of a world title against Primislaw Zick, who's 18 and 0. So we will be talking about that fight as well over the course of this episode, but. The focus is on the Billing Texas, really. You've listed off a few of them fights there. It is a really highly competitive card. You mentioned Jesse Rodriguez uh, against Rungavasai, uh, Ahmed Alayev against Ronnie Rias, WBA, IBF, Super Bantamweight titles on the line, Julio Cesar Martinez, WBC title on the line against McWilliams Arayo, and then you've got Jessica McCaskill defending all of her belts in the welterweight division against Alma Ibrara, and then you've got Raymond Ford, 11-0 against Richard Medina, 13-0, and then, like you said, Mark Castro, previous guest of one to watch against Omar Castillo, uh, Nikita Abibi, who's 11-0, going in against Noe Larios Jr., who's 14-1, and finally, Jesus Martinez, as you said, the Calzagian Barker, promoted fighter, managed fighter, he's going in there for his second professional fight of his career, but just going through that card top to bottom, I think there's six fights on this card that are very highly competitive, very evenly matched, and I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing the card. And it's not often that we suggest at our age, in our 30s, to stay up and watch these bloody fights in the middle of, middle of the night. I'm actually really considering staying up to watch it because the card, the card is is brilliant. As I've said, I'm really, really excited for the card because, you know, what more do you want from a fight card than world title defence after world title defence, competitive fight after competitive fight? You know, in contrast to some of the cards I've seen recently, i.e. Frank Warren's card a couple of weeks ago where it was literally just filled with prospect versus journeyman, this, this is one show, I can honestly say, this is how you put a show on. This is the, the, the best card of the year, maybe even for a couple of years in terms of the way it's been matched. But let's stop fawning over the fact that it's a great card and actually talk about some of these fights because I'm sure that's what you're here to listen to us for. So the, the headline act is actually Jesse Rodriguez versus Rungvasai for the WBC Super Flyweight title. I'm excited for it. I think Rungvasai has been a absolute heroic servant to this sport however we're coming up against a guy in Jesse Rodriguez now who is 22 years of age he is the youngest champion in boxing at the moment at 22 years of age and his last fight was against Carlos Caderas and that's where he picked up the vacant WBC super flyweight title. He actually had Caderas down in round three en route to a 12-round decision. Prior to that, he'd been stopping opponent after opponent. He'd had a really good start to his career. And that step up was a brilliant step up. Sometimes we complain about fighters not being stepped up at the right time. It obviously was the right time for Jesse Rodriguez and now he's going in against an absolute legend of the sport in Rungvasai who yeah he's been around for a long long time I mean he made his debut in 2009 he's still fighting now I think this is a brilliant opportunity for both men because it's an opportunity for Rungvasai to again just solidify himself in boxing folklore by 
capturing this world title against a young, hungry fighter in the champion in Rodriguez. Whereas for Rodriguez, this is a huge name. This is a huge name to have on his record should you go in there and beat him. I've liked Rodriguez's style. I've liked Rungvasai's style. What are you making of this fight? Oh, mate, um, I love um, Rodriguez, uh, Jesse Rodriguez. He came in as a, as a late a replacement, I believe, as well, if I remember rightly, against uh, Quadreras. Um, I mean, I, I'm not saying he was, he was probably preparing for a fight maybe on the undercard. I can't quite remember. I can't recall it, to be fair. But I know he came in quite late. It was a, it was another fight he was meant to have, uh, another defence. But as soon as Rodriguez came in, I was confident that he would get the win. I mean, we was doing our boxing prediction, and I went straight in for Rodriguez UD. I just felt that he's a talent. He really is a talent. I mean, we talk about... Shakur Stevenson, we talk about Boots Ennis, you know, some of these names at the minute around that are really beginning to come through. Some are world champions already. Some are um, on on the cusp of it. Uh, Rodriguez, the youngest champion, born in 2000 as well. It's crazy. Born in 2000 and you got uh, Rangasai who, who debuted in, what, 2009? I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. But look, for me, Rodriguez, just the way he moves, um, it, the way he can pivot and still have power in his shots. Um, he, he fights in the pocket and he doesn't get hit and he lands. It's the way he switches the angles is effortless. He's an absolute natural. You know, you know, sometimes you see guys really trying to be the best, they have to work really hard at it. You know, I look at, always love football analogies, but you look at Ronaldo and Messi, how effortless everything has been for Messi throughout his career, whereas Ronaldo's had to work hard to get to his position. Rodriguez is in that messy blueprint. He's like a a young Lomachenko. I, I mean, I'm going to go that deep with it here because he just, I, I just love the way he fights. So, bit, you know, a bit like Roman Gonzalez. I mean, I'm actually rave about him, Sean. How he can fight in the pocket, switch the angles, and still not get hit. Um, and, and his movement is just generally fantastic. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm really excited for him. I do honestly believe he is. The, the next state, the next name in this division. When you think about throughout the years, we've had Rangasai, we've had uh, Cudreros, we've had Estrada, we've had Roman Gonzalez. And it was you was waiting to see who's going to break that mold with them four. They've all fought each other, they've all beat each other, and, and it's almost like um, like who you just waiting for this next up and coming fight. And I do believe Jesse's that man. I know he stepped up for the first time in this division to win the world title. But he's just got everything, mate. He really has. They're both southpaws, so you're gonna, you know, you're gonna see. Uh, you would expect to see clashes of stepping on toes and stuff. But Rodriguez is just gonna keep his foot on the outside all the time, whereas Rangasai is gonna try and keep on the inside and put the pressure on him because he is naturally. He's been in the weight, same weight throughout his whole career, I believe, as well. So he's natural at this weight. He's bigger. Um, but I still just I, I rave about Rodriguez, and at 22 years of age, Sean, I mean, he really is a star in the making. Absolutely. Well, let's move on because there are other fights that we wanted to do a little bit more of a talk around than what we usually do because of how stacked the card is. We talked about Mirajan Akmadalaya versus Ronnie Rios, WBA, IBF, super bantamweight titles on the line. And I think this is a really, really good fight. Uh, I think it's a great fight for, for Ronnie Rios and it's a fantastic fight. And he's 11th pro fight for Ahmed Alayev, who is just blasting his way through the ranks. And that is the the, the big 
moment really here is that you've got Ahmed Alayev who's blasting his way through the ranks, but he's coming up against a guy now who is definitely, for me, his toughest test of his career so far. Ronnie Rios, 33 wins, three losses on his record. He's been in with some absolutely great fighters over the years. He has been another great servant to this particular sport. Biggest fight that he's probably been involved in, the Ray Vargas fight in 2017, which he lost via unanimous decision. Prior to that, he'd been in some absolutely fantastic fights throughout his career. He's always been one of them fighters that I've always seen on the undercard of, of bigger fights, and I've always enjoyed seeing him in action. And he's put himself into the position now to fight for the WBA and the IBF Super Bantamweight titles against Ahmed Alayev. How much of a chance does Ronnie Rios have, really? I mean, in 36 fights against Ahmed Alayev's 10 fights, Ahmed Alayev's got all that amateur experience, which he's transitioned over so, so well. Does Ronnie Rios have a chance at this stage of his career, or is it just going to be Ahmed Alayev is is going to make his way through these types of opponents like your Ronnie Rios of the world and just continue to look even good. Is he going to be like a, a Lomachenko in that sense where, you know, by 10 fights into his career, Lomachenko's world champion is captured titles at different weights. I, I think Ahmed has got the potential to do that as well. I think, I mean, look, this guy is a talent. He really is. Uh, he's a talent in the Super Bantamweight division, and it's a division where we rave very highly about Stephen Fulton um, and, and Stephen Fulton Jr., and, and that is the potential big fight, isn't it, in this division that you want to see. So, Ackman with the live, he, he will be surely i don't want him to look too far ahead but he, this is this is just a fight that he should be taking against a guy that's been around for a while he's had some good fights i mean you watch that jesse vargas fight was uh all jesse i mean he, he won by a ud I, i'm sort of seeing that's that type of thing but act the diet acme acme i always get his name wrong i'm gonna call him acme or something like that. i don't know delayev <laughs> <laughs> well um ruin his name but he's a good fighter um he is i mean as you say amateur background and and he's turned it over really well um and he and he's 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 done tremendously well in this division uh, we just want to see the Fulton junior fight this is a stepping stone surely i'm no i'm not disrespecting rios in any way look the guy has been around for a while and he's been a great servant to the sport but if he wants to prove himself and go beyond and, and try to become an undisputed champion which I, I mean we mentioned earlier in the other show was that you know this at the minute we're seeing so many divisions now where you can identify the best in a division and it's you don't rarely see that it's only the real big two the the, the welterweight division and the heavyweight division where we're not seeing that which is annoying but all the other divisions we're starting to really get an idea of who the best fighters are are around with so many titles that's that's a that's great for the sport um, but yeah, look, I think, um, no disrespect to Ronnie, but I, I don't expect him to, to win this fight. I mean, it, it would be a bit of a shock if he does, but I do expect the Uzbek Southpaw to do the business. And uh, I, don't, I don't think he's going to stop him. I think he'll go the distance, but he'll do enough to get himself in a position, surely, to have that Fulton Junior fight. Yeah, that'd be a great fight, wouldn't it? Ahmed Delia versus Fulton Junior. And that's depending on whether he ends up fighting Inoue. You just never know. I think that yeah. will definitely happen. I think Inoue is obviously going to fight Butler first, Paul Butler, and, and, and unify that particular division. But I think he'll then look at this fight with Stephen Fulton, uh, 
so the other fights on the card, we mentioned earlier, Julio Cesar Martinez going back down to his normal weight to defend his WBC flyweight title against McWilliams Arroyo, who he did have a fight with last November, which was a, a bit of a crazy affair, really. It ended up being a no contest. Martinez and Arroyo was down in round one. Arroyo was down in round two, and then, obviously, for the accidental headbutt, he wasn't able to continue, so it was called a no contest, this fight. It was a really, really hot affair for as long as it lasted and there was obviously unfinished business were they and this is why they've decided to run this fight back I think this is another great fight I think Arroyo's shown that you know he's got the potential beating of him but he was also vulnerable in this fight himself as well I'm just excited to see how this replays really I mean do you think Martinez having suffered that loss by moving up and fighting Chocolatito Gonzalez will have any effect or do you think Arroyo will just get outboxed outsmarted and probably stopped in this fight or has he got a chance yeah I think I mean you watched that first fight he caught Martinez he did uh, they, they were going for it and he caught him and Martinez went down look he took it uh, and he came back and he did come back hard he smashed Arroyo um, you know he, he hurt him a lot harder, trust me. Uh, Martinez showed a lot of power, as we know, in this division, and the cut saved Arreo. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it. It's a fun, it was a fun three-rounder for as long as it lasted. Um, but for me, Arreo's in a bit of a world of trouble. I think we can see, a, I can see a three to sort of four rounds again where you're going to sort of see a similar thing. It's going to be a fun fight to watch. That's why we're saying stab and watch it, because it's going to be fun. It's just going to be two guys going, smashing the shit out of each other. <laughs> That's basically what we're going to see. And what you're going to see is Cesar Martinez be the stronger man and eventually knock Ario out. This time, hopefully, no clash of heads, no cuts, just uh, full-blown um, demolition. But look, the fact is, is when you've got two fights like that, the clash events, it could happen again because that's how they fight. They, you know, they're roughly the same height. You know, one's coming in, one's, they're going to have their heads down, throwing shots. It could happen again. Who knows? Hopefully it doesn't. But yeah, I can't see this going past four rounds, but it's going to be a fun fight to watch. Oh, it will be a fun fight to watch. Well, also on the card, we've talked about Jessica McCaskill making another defence of her undisputed welterweight championships against her opponent, Alma Ibarra, who is moving down in weight from the super welterweight division to challenge for all these titles. She's a former world title challenger herself. She fought Raquel Miller for the WBA interim world female super welterweight title back in 2019. Lost over 10 rounds via U-Day. And that's really the biggest fight of her career so far in my opinion and I think this is an opportunity to make a a routine defence I hate to say you know I don't want to write Ibrahara off but I do think it is a pretty standard routine defence for McCaskill who you know has spoken about like what she wants to do next in her career she's definitely definitely vying for a another big fight in her career since picking up the titles in 2020 off Cecilia Breakhouse and then successfully defending them against her in 2021. She's had one fight against Candy Wire, a mutual opponent of Ibarra's, and now she's got Ibarra to defend against. We've always said she should be involved in big fights again. Does she? Does someone need to move up to fight her, or does she need to try and move up herself and, and challenge a, a higher weight class? I mean, she's 37 years of age now. I can't really see her 
being around for too much longer in the division. I think maybe one, two years maximum, and maybe she'll call it quits. But that's not without taking these big fights, of course. I do see this as a straightforward victory for her. I'll be totally honest. I'm not going to beat around the bush with this fight. I think I've seen too much of McCaskill, and I've not seen enough from Ibarra to actually determine that she's got enough to beat a fighter who's got the confidence levels that McCaskill has at the moment but I'm focusing on on McCaskill because I'm just wondering like what you think about her going forward should she win this fight which I'm expecting her to do where does she go there does she move up uh, and try to challenge in the middleweight division or does she maybe even try to boil down what what do you think would be the the ideal opportunity or do you think maybe a rematch with katie taylor looking at taylor moving up to the welterweight division yeah i mean that's a great shot there's i think for her they're the big fights i mean this ibarra she's like ranked number two in the division um i mean it's tricky with these female fighters because sometimes you watch these fights and you sort of you just like oh this is a one-sided fight and then the other girl just pulls out a, something out of her ass i mean who knows this mexican girl could do it i don't see it. i think jessica's you know to uh, she won't she'll realize the importance of the fight and knows that she needs to just you know maintain her dominance in the division but i mean i'd like i mean we mentioned it before where she may be staying away and look at like chantel cameron hopefully moving up and having that fight as you say i mean the potential of a katie taylor fight again is is another fantastic um fight for her i mean it's money fights isn't it i think i think that's what you got to look at chantel katie if Kaylee was to move up and, you know, I mean, if she moved up another division, you've got in there, you've got Jonas, um, you've got the Canadian girl, Maria, ever the care, whatever, and the care had a rankings in there. Um, but now when, when you get to this point, you're holding all these titles. Uh, the, the most important thing for these female fighters is to, if you're close enough in weight, whether you're fighting a catch weight or and remove the titles. I mean, I don't see the problem in that as well. Sometimes I think the titles are a little bit, you know, you want to win the world. You want to win the world title, fine. But sometimes the importance of a fight and earning the money is more important than holding the title. And I think sometimes if fighters had the bollocks to do that, said, you know, we're going to fight at catch weight and we're going to just remove all the ties and fight for a load of money, then you know, it, it, it. I think it helps the fighter in terms of. I think I feel like these boxing organisations are the ones that impose themselves and throw out mandatory. So people get stripped. I mean, we've had Charlo getting stripped because he won't fight, um, uh, or he's going to get. Uh, stripped if you don't fight Tim Zoo. Um but there's I, I just think um it would be nice to sort of see that. I mean just just fucking leave the titles. You've won the world titles. We know you're the best in the division. Go and fight a catch rate against someone. But yeah I think the big money fight Sean that's what I can see for Jessica and I think that's what she needs to be looking at after this one if she gets through it. So Raymond Ford and Richard Medina going at it in a battle of the undefeated featherweight fighters. It's a really good step up this. A massive step up for Raymond Ford who for us as UK fight fans Raymond Ford's been kind of shoved down our throat a little bit more obviously with him being a zone fighter and him fighting Reese Bellotti last year and having that fight there so I think we've kind of got to see more of him than we have of his opponent Richard Medina but if you know anything about any of the fighters uh, and you've been following the sport for a little while you'll know that Richard Medina is a 13-0 fighter with 7 KOs and that he has actually had some pretty decent wins on his record the last few fights he's looked pretty decent I've looked into him over the past couple of days and I've seen that He's been really, really active as a fighter. In 2021, he had five fights and he had one already this year against Amando Frausto. And now he's going in there now against Raymond Ford, you know, a fellow undefeated prospect. And there are 
some minor titles on the line in it with the WBA Continental America's featherweight title and the IBF North American featherweight title. So this is quite a significant fight for both of these guys in the sense that whichever one of them comes away with the victory will be propelled up the rankings a little bit more to potentially start looking at the bigger featherweights in the division going forward. So, you know, this is the other fight on the card that I was mentioning, which was another brilliantly competitive fight that has been put together so that's the fifth highly competitive fight where there is quite a bit of stake for each fighter and then we move down the card to the fights that I mentioned earlier Mark Castro Nikita Abibi and Jesus Martinez is also fighting as well so that makes up this this particular card in Texas and It'll be nice for us now just to have a a brief chat about the only major UK fight that's happening this weekend that I mentioned in the super welterweight division where Sam Eginton challenges for the IBO, the vacant IBO world super welterweight title against Primus Slot Zick, who's 18-0. Eginton is still in with a shout uh, potentially becoming a world champion which I honestly never thought I'd see myself saying but I think because of his great victories over the likes of Carlos Molina and Bilal Jitku in 2021 I think that's really put him back on the on the map again you know you look at he's lost to Ted Cheeseman in 2020 during the lockdown period and we both kind of felt like you know really what's left for Eggington now he's you know he's not beating these domestic guys but now he's fighting the 18 and 0 Premise Law Zick, who is a fighter who I haven't really seen too much of. I'm gonna be totally honest and say that I haven't really seen a lot of him. I've seen clips having a look on YouTube at him, but I haven't really actively watched any of his fights per se. I've obviously looked at his career so far. You know, he, he looks like a pretty solid fighter. But he looks like the type of fighter that I think Sam Eggington will be looking forward to getting in the ring with. I think he's he's got that European sort of upright stance and, and sort of that tight guard that a lot of European fighters have. And I think he's going to come and I think he's going to walk straight into Eggington. I really do think he's going to come in and walk straight into Eggington. And I think that's going to suit Eggington down to the ground because that's the type of fighter he is. He's got a guy that's coming at him who's going to come straight at him. Eggington is just going to absolutely revel in the opportunity. And at the moment, because I haven't seen enough of Zick to make a determination about how good he is or isn't, I I honestly side with Eggington at the moment because I know how good Eggington is as a fighter and I know what he's been doing on the domestic scene and on the European scene as of late with his two big victories. And I think this sort of career resurgence that he's having, I think might actually come to fruition here if he picks up an IBO title because... If he wins this fight, that puts him in the position, potentially, for a a big money fight. Which I think, given what he's done for the sport in the UK, I think he deserves at least one big major payday in his career. So if he was to pick up this IBO title, the chances are he could end up fighting a big name in the super welterweight division. You know, the people that we've been talking about over the past few weeks, the likes of Charlo and Tim Zhu, who are seemingly looking to fight each other and, you know, all the other super welterweights that are around. I think it puts him in line to potentially fight one of these guys because they'll look at Sam Eggington and think, you know, this is an easy route for them towards a, a version of a world title. And, and whilst it is an actual legit world title in the IBO they're just not as well regarded as the big four they're not part of the big four but they're actually starting to put themselves out there as say like the fifth member 
of the legit sanctioning bodies, the people that we're interested in, the big four. I think they're becoming the fifth member of that of that club at the moment. And I think these IBO titles are starting to get some good fights contested within them. And I think the more that happens, the more people will start to stand up and take notice and legitimise that title. So I think for Sam Eggington, this is an opportunity to capture an IBO title and move on and have a really big fight. I haven't seen too much of Zick. I'm pretty sure you haven't either. So... What 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 do you really say about a fight like this when you've not really seen too much of the other fighter other than going off what what Sam Eggington's done so far in his career? Yeah, it's a different it's a difficult one because Zik is what is is Poland is Polsky or Polish and he's he's fought in Poland all his life his whole career. I mean, what do you make of that? It, it's tricky. I mean, you just look at the fundamentals of a Polish fighter, and as you say, you see some highlights, and he is a stand up right kind of guy. He'll have his arms out. You know, he walk forward. He will look to. I mean, he's undefeated. It's it's, it's not the most amazing circuits in the world in Poland. Um, so yeah, he's undefeated. I mean, it looks good, I suppose. You know, people look eighteen and zero and just assume that he's you know this guy's generally going to be a threat to Sam. I, I don't think that. I mean, yeah, as you say, I've not seen the guy, so I'm going on the fundamentals of a po- Polish fighter. They're not. He's not necessarily going to be on his toes and moving around, which is what Egerton struggles with if he fights guys like, I, mean, I, I, I look back sort of Bradley Skeet who was uh, he just looked terrible that night against Bradley Skeet years ago but you know that's the sort of fighter that, he, that Egerton struggles against or if he can't outpower you and he can't um, if you go into the trenches with him and, and you come out better off then you, eventually you get the nod um, whereas Egerton so you just know what you're getting with him. He's going to be a great... He always, he's been so many good fights. I'm hoping he gets his title. And as you say, look, the IBO title is a title where when you are uh, when you hold a couple of different versions and then you have the IBO, they mention it. They mention the IBO. It's just when it's only the IBO on the line that people just tend to overlook it. And, and you know what? You know what I'm like with titles anyway. Another one coming along, I sort of... I sort of think, oh, God, it's been around a long time. And, and to be fair to the IBO, their rankings are probably a little bit better than some of the others. You know, when you look at the WBA, for instance, it's ridiculous. IBO is actually not a bad ranking system to go and look on if you wanted to have an idea of how the division's going. Because I think they generally have it half decent. Uh, it's just the champions at times um, that vary. But at the end of the day, it's, it's an opportunity for him and it's an opportunity for a big payday. But as you say, that Zik... It's so tough to assess. I mean, hopefully um, Egerton's had the videotapes, but if he's going to be a guy that's going to want to stand and trade with him, it's just a matter of can can Egerton overpower him. I mean, Polish fighters tend to be quite strong, but we've seen a few Polish fighters recently come over here and get blasted. So I'm sort of hoping that Egerton does the job, picks up that IBO title and, and can move on. And as you say, if he could just get one big big fight I would you know what like I think about how the height that surrounds sort of Ericsson Lubin for instance and how much people rate him uh, he's a good boxer he really is he just reminds me of like Amir Khan and, and I, I can't help it and, and, and that is a type of fight that I think would be great because someone like Egerton I think he knocks him out I honestly do I think Egerton would knock out a Lubin eventually and get to him and knock him out um, and that would be great for him. That would be fantastic because that would put him right in line because you know, I, I highly, the Americans sort of speak of Lubin. So I think for me, that would be a sort of target for me. So I think Lubin's the perfect person to get rid of. And I think Egerton, I think you get through this, I think you should be looking at that. 
It'd be a good fight for him. Obviously, Lubin coming off the back of the loss to Sebastian Fondora earlier this year. I mean, that that would be an ideal fight if you're looking to push your name out there. If he wins this fight, yeah. maybe he gets a defence against someone like a Lubin. That's where you know he starts to be recognised by a wider audience where people will actually say, you know, this Sam Higginson guy is a really tough fighter. He might be quite limited, but he's a really tough fighter who's going to give you a great fight. So then they might start to consider him as a potential opponent in the future for a bigger fight. You just don't know how it's uh, it's going to pan out for him. But I think he needs to get through Zick first. If he does that successfully, then potentially we can look at talking about like who would be the ideal opponent for him next. So that's the main event on that card on Sky on Saturday night. Then on the undercard, you've got River Wilson Bent, who's 12-0-1 against Tyler Denny for the vacant British Boxing Board of Control English middleweight title. Adam Aziz on the card, Dylan Chima, Reese Edwards, the debut of Carice Artinstall, the great British Olympian, Casey Benjamin, Shaquille Thompson, uh, Aaron McKenna also out on this card, very active, looking to continue his activity streak. So that's the main card in the UK that's going to be televised this coming weekend. Uh, It's not a bad card, but it is a lot of prospects versus journeymen barring the the main two fights on the card and that is all the major fights from this weekend we just go back to really the the big card in texas which we've focused this episode on and the major fights over there so please make sure you check that out if you're going to stay up for it stay up for it because it's going to be a really great card if you're in america then we're really jealous because you get it at a normal time and you get to watch all these fights without feeling absolutely knackered watching them if you are looking to watch it it is on the zone but please do go and also check out our friends over at das tv on twitter for all their available services to catch all the action and all other sports that are available that's it then johnston there's nothing more to cover for the big fight preview for this weekend Please, guys, go and follow us on social media. Make sure you do it if it's the first time listening. Follow us at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. Make sure you're also checking out our series-based content, including career profiles, the darker side of boxing and the return of Legendary Night Season 3 coming in just a couple of weeks' time. Finally, a shout out to our patrons of the podcast who are part of our membership service. You've just had a recently released episode all about the rematches that should have happened in boxing exclusively for the patrons and if you're not a patron and you want to hear about episodes like this and you want ad free episodes and early access to them go and check us out at patreon.com forward slash btr boxing podcast that's everything fight fans thank you for listening we will be back next week with a big fight reaction Podcast Network.